And now on BBC One, a special edition of Tomorrow's Car World, live from the 1979 Earl's Court Motor Show in London. Viewers in Scotland, Wales and Northern Ireland have their own programmes. Sorry about that. And welcome to Tomorrow's Car World. We're here at the 1979 Motor Show in Earl's Court. Very busy, very noisy. And we're here to look at what the future has in hold for the automobile. I'm William Woolard. I'm Kate Bellingham. I'm Raymond Baxter. And I'm Jackie Stewart. We're joined for this special edition by eminent German engineer and motor visionary, Dr Wolfgang Pumpdus. Dr. Pumpdus, welcome to the program. Thank you. Dr. Pumpdus, would you say that here in 1979 it is an exciting time for the motor car? In 1979 it is an exciting time for the motor car? I didn't mean literally say that. Oh, please forgive me. Uh, absolutely, we are at the dawn of a new age in motor transport with some pretty incredible advancements just a matter of a few years from now. Such as? Well, within six years, we will have cars that can park themselves, cars that can drive themselves, cars that give off no harmful exhaust emissions, and of course, flying cars. <laughs> yes, cars that park themselves, that was my little joke. <laughs> Oh, my. 
This is tomorrow's car world today and with 1980 only 11 months away we're looking at what the future will bring for the modern car and who better to explore the future of ride, handling, safety and performance than three times Formula One world champion Jackie Stewart. Ever since I've been motor racing, I've watched terrific advances in engineering which have made cars faster, more efficient and above all safer. Much of this technology can be applied to benefit road cars too. Take for instance the motor racing helmet. I predict that within five years all drivers and passengers will be mandated to wear a full face racing helmet when travelling by car and not just on motorways, but on roads and driveways too. And this is something I fully support because, let's not forget, 90% of accidents happen at home. The efficiency of the petrol engine is second to none. Cosworth, who I've worked with very closely now for a number of years, tell me that by 2003 your average family car will have a tiny 7 litre V8 engine producing anything up to 112 brake horsepower and capable of somewhere in the region of an incredible 300 miles per gallon. As the performance and safety of cars increases exponentially over the next few years I expect the supporting infrastructure to be similarly upgraded also. Take for instance the M1, which I can say without any doubt whatsoever will be a 36 lane superhighway called the MF1 by 1998 and it will have a national speed limit somewhere in the region of 230 miles per hour. And I for one will certainly feel safe on that road. This has been Jackie Stewart reporting on the future of cars for tomorrow's car world. Some fade from glory, they crash and they burn Surviving
of the fuels that will power our cars in the future. Petrol is a mature technology that has been with us since the dawn of the motor car. But with me now is German engineer Dr. Wolfgang Pompdus, who believes the future is in a different fuel. Yeah, there is no doubt that the petrol engine is king at the moment. Petrol puts other fuels such as diesel, gas and coal over its manly knee and spanks it like the naughty leapfrog that it is. However, my laboratory has been developing a fuel that is much more efficient than petroleum or gasoline as I believe you know it as in England land. And I'm imagining most people will be surprised to hear what that fuel is. Yeah, we have been developing small capacity engines that will run on diesel. But surely the diesel engine is entirely unsuitable for small car use. It's heavy, produces more torque than brake horsepower and doesn't rev as freely as petrol engines. Yeah, you are quite correct, Kate. But I believe we have found a practical solution to these issues. Okay, let's go through them one by one, shall we? First of all, a free revving diesel engine. How will you achieve that? It really is quite a simple solution. We have developed what is called a diesel hybrid engine. Whilst the diesel engine in itself is very efficient at lower speeds, to improve its performance at higher speed, my idea is that the diesel engine gets assistance from a petrol engine. What we are currently doing is welding a four-cylinder petrol engine to the cylinder block of a diesel engine. So you get the best of both types of ignition. Won't that be heavy? No, no, no. We have calculated that if you were to build an electrical hybrid assistance drive, the combined weight of the internal combustion engine and the electric motor, electronics and battery pack would be far, far heavier than simply adding an entire petrol engine of around two litres. Don't tell me. This also solves the torque horsepower balance issues of the diesel engine. Do you know I hadn't thought of that, but... Yes, it does. But there is still a significant weight penalty of having a car with what is in fact two entire engines. We believe if we are unable to make the engine any lighter, then there is a compulsion to make the entire car lighter. So we estimate that in 20 years from now, by 1999, most cars will be built of a radical new lightweight ultra-strong material that is being used only in military environments at the moment. You mean carbonic fibres? <laughs> no, 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 no. That will never catch on. We are working to develop an ultra-strong version 
of balsa wood. Balsa wood? I see. And uh, how's that going? Well, so far, thanks to selective breeding, we have increased the rigidity of three-quarter-inch sheets of balsa wood to the equivalent strength of a sheet of steel three microns in thickness. We are well on our way to developing what we call super balsa. And so how thick would a sheet of super balsa need to be to give the equivalent strength to the grade of steel used in cars today? At the moment, around seven foot thick. Right. We aim to get it down to around three foot by 1983. Dr. Wolfgang Pompdus, thank you. Tomorrow's car world. Drive into the future. 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 It's a sport for me If I had the cash I'd be at a Grand Prix They got gourmet burgers Cooked in grease And a new board Favourite chips and cheese I got the perfect rim Where I only paid a fiver It's a scuba suit board From a deep sea diver So when it chucks you down A silver zone I'll be a survivor All we need now Is a Welsh F1 driver A driver Probably bust the scales. He'd have a lovely helmet, shiny and red, and be holier than James Odds. Well, see, great in bed. We wouldn't just sing the anthem at, at the, the end, end if our driver scored an ace. We'd drive you around the bench singing Hey, my man had IT with red in the face. It's all about winning, like the chair in the Estevod sitting in first place. All through the race, we are Welsh, we'd be singing. All through the race. Saxons couldn't shout us down, no but enjoy. 50,000 English versus 50 Welsh boys crying. Motorsport is dangerous, it says so on my ticket, but it's safer here than the slips at Lords on the bloody wicket. Yes, your balls are hard when you come from Splot, but it's a lethal game, cricket. Mind you, it's only half the price of a Silverstone F1 ticket. I've got no fear about carbon fibres hitting me in the head, because I've been in a scrum in Pontypool, took a Swansea girl to bed. I'm telling you, this sport's safe for spectators. I know it's true. F1 cars don't kill people. Crashes do. We've had a Welshman in F1 before. He was a North Australian fella. But the lad we got in mind with times like Senna, Manny Stella. He's led a life of grime. And he raps about crime from a small South Wales favela. Not Brazil or the Caribbean do, man, that would be insane. He was brought up in Caerlean, a town with car in the name. But if a Welsh lad wins, you wouldn't see me hug him. I'd give him round the ear like I was his freaking mother. Then I'd dump him hard, even if he was my brother. I'm from South Wales, see, I'm a fighter, not a lover. I can't explain why he's so quick, he's fat, not athletic. But his speed is clearly unsurpassed, perhaps it is genetic. His dad drove a white man, not quite a genius. His mum is a musician, yes, his mother is a penis. He hasn't got a racing license or a road one either. But bloody hell, he's quick, but he drives for a river. Time flies by. When you're the driver of a train But put some bars in the pit Then you'll be quick in the rain Time flies by when you're the driver of a train But put a bunt in the pit Then you'll be quick in the rain Time flies by when you're the driver of a train But put a bunt in the pit Then you'll be quick in the rain Alright, I heard you the first time, innit? You knows it It's true, innit? 
I knew it's a bit wet to go out in Newport. I know, should we stay in? You don't want to go out there on a winter's night like this. What do you mean night? It's two o'clock in the afternoon and it's June. A taste of what I'm told is the music of the future there. What I believe the young people call rapping music. A sort of singing without actually singing. There's no doubt with the future getting ever closer that we'll all be spending more and more time in our cars. But what will we do with that time? Eminent British inventor Eric Laithwaite is here to take us through a prototype car of the future that he has designed. Oh yes, well the first thing you will notice is that the car has no steering wheel. Is that because the car is autonomous and will drive itself? No, it's because the steering wheel has been replaced by what we engineering types are calling a Grand Assistance Manual Entry Personal Actuation Device, or G-A-M-E-B-A-D, or Gamepad for short. I see. And uh, what is it exactly? This is a a small device that can be passed around the vehicle. So no matter wherever you're sitting, front left or right or in the rear of the car or even facing backwards in the boot, you can still be the person driving the car. Simply by pressing buttons and operating a tiny, 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 tiny joystick. Why would you want to drive the car facing backwards from the boot? We believe that in the future, drivers will want more of a challenge from their car, and facing forwards at the front of the car will be too easy for most people. What about entertainment in the car? Well, for this, we have a very clever solution. What is it? The solution itself is a solution. We create a solution of water and perfectly harmless asbestos, and then using a system of hydraulic pumps and pressure valves, we're able to create music in the car. Ian, listen to this. I see. Uh, That was happy birthday, wasn't it? That's correct. We can actually program the valves to play just about any tune that the car owner may want to hear. That really is amazing technology and astonishing sound quality. And all created from a simple flow of water. And what are you calling this technology? We're calling it streaming. La 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 la
saw Jane Jane standing on the podium with a massive green. I wanna be just like Jane Jane. I'll be taking out of the Melbourne Green. I'll be taking out of the Melbourne Green. I wanna be just like Jane Jane. I wouldn't have to boast on, I wouldn't have to break. I wanna be just like Jane Jane. When I go, please make a marble fight. When I go, from the 1979 Earl's Court Motor Show. I'm Kate Bellingham, and now, to give us a peek into what lies in store for the British motor industry, let's go over to Raymond Baxter. During the Second World War, I was a pilot flying Spitfires built at Castle Bromwich in the West Midlands. Today, that factory is turning out body panels from what is regarded as the finest car company on earth, the British Leyland Motor Corporation. With me now is Derek Red Robbo Robinson, trade union leader. Mr. Robinson, what do you think the future looks like for the British motor industry and specifically for motor manufacturing in the West Midlands? I'm confident that the skills of my brothers and sisters in working car factories in England are second to none. My brothers and sisters, you mean trade union members who work on the production line? Oh no, I mean my brothers, David and Dougal, they work in Longbridge, and my sisters, Janet and Judith, they work for Hillman in Coventry. You ain't seen nothing like my brothers putting a bolt on a nut. They're artists. No one can make a cup of tea like our Janet or serve it on a train like Judith. They take pride in their work. Surely, as manual workers, you must feel threatened by the increasing appearance on the production line of the robot, which will, as we have all heard, do the vast majority of car assembly. Now, why don't consider this vision of the future of robots doing as good a job as humans as viable? Because they don't have years' experience in the industry, see? Go on, ask me. Does a robot know what a good cup of tea tastes like? Hmm? At a 20-minute toilet break, does your robot know what that smells like? Um, go on, ask me. Does a robot know what a good cup of tea tastes like and a 20-minute toilet break smells like? No, because it ain't got a tongue or a nose. Um, right. 
color world. The future as it appears today. that as we inch closer to the 1980s and as we spend more and more time in our cars, we will all be thinking harder about our health and well-being. Joining me now is Dr. Charlatan Quack. It's pronounced Charlton Quake. Sorry, Dr. Quake. It's a common mistake. So, Dr. Quake, 
How do you see cars evolving to make driving healthier? Well, first of all, we expect by the mid-1980s that cars will be much larger. A number of manufacturers are working on cars that are known as MPVs. Uh, What does that stand for? Masculine Progress Vehicle. I see. Yes, we expect the needs of men to be met with these larger cars. And how will this work exactly? Well, the MPV, apart from being much larger, which will make men feel much more important on the road, will also have enough volume inside to allow the male driver to exercise whilst driving. In fact, if you step inside this MPV here, you will see for yourself. Gosh! I see, instead of a seat in the driving position, it's got an exercise bicycle. Yes, and if you jump up onto the seat, here, let me help you. Oh! Oh, Please be careful where you put your hands. It's okay, I am a doctor. It's just, it's quite difficult to get over the crossbar. Yes, well, we expect men to do most of the driving, so not women, obviously. Now, the steering wheel, you will see, has been replaced by bicycle handlebars and if you start pedalling you will notice that the engine fires up. Well that's quite clever. And if you ring the bell on the handlebars (laughs) That's marvellous. And as you increase the speed of the pedalling the engine revs pick up. So you see the driver, male obviously can exercise whilst driving the vehicle. Gosh that is a real health benefit. Now, what about well-being? Well, there is an ashtray in the dashboard and in the front doors and, of course, two in the rear for the children, obviously. Um, uh, Tell me, Dr Quack... uh, It's pronounced Quake. Sorry, Dr Quake. There are real concerns that in the future, with the increased density of population and many more of us travelling more and more, that by the early 21st century, there is a risk that new forms of viruses could emerge and spread quickly across the planet. Will cars of the future be able to help us avoid catching diseases? (laughs) No, 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 no. I've also read these reports and cycling and smoking whilst driving is proven to be good for you as a scientific fact. Whereas the idea of a worldwide pandemic is simply scaremongering and pure science fiction. Tomorrow's Car World. Predicting the future accurately.
that with the recent advances in computer technology that computing in cars is going to revolutionise the way we drive. Here to explain just how that will manifest is a computer scientist from the University of Rutland, Emma Estos. Emma, welcome to tomorrow's car world. Thank you, Jackie. Call me M. M. Estos. What exactly do you have here at the 1979 London Motor Show? Well, we've been working in partnership with one of the most innovative of car manufacturers to show what we consider to be the computerised car of the future. And here it is. That's a Datsun Bluebird. Yes, and it's simply bristling with computer technology. Although I think you'll be surprised to see just how compact it is given its processing power. Now, if I open the passenger door, can you see that? We've removed the passenger seat to accommodate the computer. And uh, what's that on the back seat? That's the rest of the computer. And what is the processing power? Well, this is really a very powerful beast indeed. 
It has an incredible 12 megabytes of random access memory and a processing speed 100 times faster than any computer fitted into a car before. And just exactly how fast is that? Anything up to one gigaflop. Per second? No, per week. Ah, I see. Uh, And what do you use this computer in the car for? At the University of Rutland, we believe that one of the primary uses of computer in the future will not be for mathematics, but for communication. You mean to be able to talk to other people? Well, maybe not speech, but by text. That really is quite remarkable. If we both get inside, can you show me exactly how it works? It really is very simple. Obviously, for safety reasons, we don't expect the driver to operate the computer whilst in charge of the car. So what we expect will happen is that the driver will pull over and when the handbrake is engaged... (coughs) Voila! The computer keyboard has emerged from the dashboard and then it's just a simple matter of controlling the computer with keyboard commands. Would you like to have a go? Oh, yes, I very much would. So, what would you like to do? You can book a parking space, order a takeaway meal, or even listen to some music. Gosh, that's extraordinary. Uh, I'd like to order a meal, please. OK, simple. Now, follow my instructions. To wake the computer up, simply type the following password. Computer. OK, um, C-O-M... Um, where's the P? Uh, oh, there it is. P, U, um, T, E. Where's the R? Uh, backspace. Oh, right. Sorry. Oh, I got it. Okay, computer. Ah, you've made a small mistake there. What you've actually typed is computer with two T's and the letter M instead of an N. Oh dear, sorry about that. How do I correct that there? Is it... Um... Uh, hey, here, l- l- let me do that for you. Now, I enter the command for food ordering. I can see it's a very quick and easy process. Right, what would you like to order to eat? Well, I'm rather fond of seafood, so um, could I start with a prawn cocktail, followed by salmon wellington with boiled potatoes and peas for the main course, and a peach melba for dessert? Um, I'm afraid we haven't programmed the system to be able to provide that just yet, so can I suggest something else instead. Yes, well, trout would be an acceptable substitute, and carrots. The only food we can provide at the moment is Angel Delight. What flavour? Strawberry. I don't like that flavour. Well, for the benefit of this exercise, let's pretend that you do. Can you do butterscotch flavour? No, just strawberry. I won't eat it. That's okay. you don't have to. It's just for the benefit of the camera. Strawberry gives me a slight rash. I don't like to say where exactly, but I'm sure you Yes, well, here we go. I'll enter the command. What happens next? Oh, that sound means that the order has been processed by the computer and now this is the clever bit. If you look at the back seat of the car, you will see a printer which will turn your electronic order into a printed sheet of paper. 
gosh, that is truly amazing. What happens next? That piece of paper is dropped into an envelope with the address of an Angel Delight restaurant on it. Does the computer print that also? No, 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 that would take far too long. And so how does this message actually get to the restaurant? A beautifully elegant, simple solution. The driver starts up the car and simply drives to the nearest post box, pops the letter in the box and the Royal Mail delivers it to the restaurant. You could have your table booked at that restaurant with your strawberry angel delight waiting at a table for you in less than a week. Gosh, that is really something. Computers will clearly go a long way to improving the world of cars in future, although I can see one small problem. I really don't like strawberry. Emma, thank you very much. You're welcome. This is Jackie Stewart reporting for Tomorrow's Car World. Yeah.
tomorrow's car world from Earl's Court but before we sign off let me ask our team what they've learned about the future of cars here at the Motor Show Raymond Baxter Well it's clear to me that Britain is at the forefront of car design and technology and our very impressive industry leading companies are in safe hands The future for Austin, Morris, Triumph, Rover, Jensen, Marcos, Panther, Reliant and Talbot is very bright indeed. Jackie Stewart, what have you learned from the 1979 Motor Show? There is no place for computers in cars if all they can do is provide strawberry-flavoured angel delight. If it was any other flavour, such as butterscotch, for instance, I would be much... Sorry, Jackie, got to cut you off there. We're running out of time. That's it from tomorrow's car world at the 1979 Motor Show. But before we go, Kate... Tell us what's on the show next week. Next week, we'll be back in the studio looking at the future of electric cars. And I'll be driving a battery-powered car with an incredible range of anything up to 51 miles. So, until then, it's goodbye from Raymond Baxter. Goodbye! Goodbye from Kate Bellingham. Goodbye! Goodbye from Jackie Stewart. 
I really don't like strawberry. We'll leave you now with a piece of music about something that may or may not be possible in tomorrow's car world. Marrying your car. Sung by the future man himself, David Bowie. So it's goodbye from me, William Woolard. Goodbye. And goodbye from all of us at the 1979 British Motor Show. Goodbye. Goodbye. Now, can someone help me, please? I seem to have the sole of my shoe stuck to the bumper of this car. Actually, it's pronounced Lancia. Lancia.
send us an email, see pictures, get song lyrics, join our Facebook fan site, follow us on Twitter, or to find out about sponsorship opportunities, go to garethjones.tv. Gareth Jones on Speed is made in London by Whizbang. Gareth Jones on Speed! Speed!